You're listening to the One of Us.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. day after Thanksgiving, which means we've kicked Thanksgiving to the curb and started putting up all of the Christmas decorations because Christmas is a greedy little holiday that wants to consume the entire year, if only it could. But for those of us who enjoy our holidays, hey, we get a bunch of goodies this time of year, and Disney Plus is giving us one in the form of a James Gunn written and directed holiday special from the Guardians of the Galaxy. And here to talk about it are my other fellow holiday revelers, Neil. Hello. Sarah Jane. Hey now. And Jordan. How, how, how. Oh, so many hoes, so little time. <laughs> you know, one of the interesting things Disney Plus has been doing with the Marvel franchise is doing these little one-off hour-long specials. And I'm here for it, you know? I think it's great to have these little one-offs that don't necessarily tie into the greater Marvel storyline, but can be a fun way to spend an hour with some favorite characters, both old and new. Here we've got all of the original Guardians of the Galaxy back for a new adventure. Although, to be fair, most of them stay home. This is really uh, Drax and Mantis's big day out. But that's a lot of fun, too. It's a holiday special. It's clearly James Gunn's take on the infamous Star Wars holiday special. Only done well. Who'd have thought? Guys, I know you're all big fans of the Guardians. What did you think of this new special? Uh, I was not surprised at all that this opened with Fairy Tale of New York. I mean, you're like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a James Gunn production. If that's the opening of a Christmas special. But it's a Disney Plus version of a James Gunn special because they leave out all the naughty words. (laughs) Oh, I listened. I was like, let's see if you're going to go there, Disney Plus. You already had Andor, which starts in a brothel, has a lesbian couple, and ends in gay marriage, so... Shit, okay, I am sold on Andor. (laughs) No, 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 I, I fucked up my own line. 
and ends in a child marriage, possibly. Uh, so yeah, I rescind that last part, but I'm still on board with the lesbians. I will say, uh, <laughs> as far as this holiday special goes, I actually thought it was fun. I I, I kind of do prefer Werewolf by Night simply because. Same. Wow, they actually adapted Werewolf by Night. Amazing, but also because of you know how strange and different it was. This was a little different. I mean, this is, like, right after where the Guardians, you know, left off in Thor, Love, and Thunder, and also this is kind of like, okay, so this is where they're gonna be for Volume 3, and this is also the the official end of the MCU Phase 4. Yeah, there's not a lot of setup here other than establishing that the Guardians have taken over nowhere, the mining yeah, they colony... Bought, no. In, found yeah, they it in bought, the head of a giant. Cele- Go ahead, Jordan. Celestial. Yeah, they bought nowhere from the collector and are just trying to put it all back together. But I was compelled to ju- just to give this like a A grade, m- mainly because Drax and Mantis are the leads. Because, oh fucking hell, Dave Batista and Palm Clemente. Uh, I am so gonna fuck that up. Uh. Clement Teff, that's the best I'm gonna do, are amazing together. They are like I rewatched both of the Guardians films before this, and their parts together in volume two are still some of the most absolutely hilarious, and this just continues it on a whole new level. No, they are the two most naive and gullible members of the Guardians, which is why they're the perfect people to go on this mission. We find out through an animated sequence that Peter, growing up on Yondu's ship, never really got to experience Christmas anymore, and he's always kind of felt bad about it, and so the holidays are kind of a sad time for him. Mantis wants to make it up to him somehow, and so she and Drax cook up this wacky idea to go to Earth and get him a Christmas present in the form of no less than the legendary actor (laughs) Kevin Bacon. It's one of the running gags in the original films that... He loves Kevin Bacon, and rather than explain to the Guardians that he's an actor in a bunch of movies, it's just easier to motivate them by telling them that there's this great Earth hero named Kevin Bacon. And it's a great chance for Kevin Bacon to play himself. I will say, this helped Kevin Bacon make up for Day Slash Dem, but that's just me. (laughs) I didn't know what to expect, but yes, it's fun, and Gunn is paying respects to the goofy Christmas special... The episode is essentially Santa attacks the Martians, which they lay inside the episode. <laughs> we get rotoscope. We get made up uh, holiday music, which actually is pretty good in this. The old 97s. I think Mantis is so angry through this, but if you have to put up with Drax that much, <laughs> I can understand it. So it's a different take on Mantis because she's. Her and Drax are comic relief, and then you put them front, and it, I think it almost stretches a little thin, leaning on them so much to be the comic beats constantly, but it never breaks. But she's so angry in this. So angry. Well, wouldn't she be with the Drax? There's a moment where she gets annoyed with him, and she says, I should have just brought Groot. <laughs> but you can almost feel James Gunn writing afterwards, but that would cost too much money. Yeah. <laughs> so- well, well I, I mean, it makes sense. Did you see Groot in this? But fucking groupie swole. This is what the show does. I mean, like any Marvel property, it has to set up something. This doesn't really feel tied into too many other things, but it gives us the setup that 
Now they live on nowhere. Peter's running it. They're probably not on the run anymore. He's just trying to make an honest living running this spaceport. Groot has grown up again. Cosmo, the Astro Dog, is now a member of the team. And we also learn a secret about Mantis, which I will not reveal here, that may or may not be important later on in the Guardian story, but it's paid off nicely here. And to Neil's point, it might explain why Mantis is so angry and just hard set on getting this thing done for Peter. I liked it a lot. I thought it was sweet. That movie that uh, is Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, um, by the way, not to actually you there, Neil. <laughs> but I really like it, and I was happy that they referenced that. I liked the, you guys mentioned the old 97s and the, and the Pogues, but I really liked that this thing had, I never thought I'd hear Fountains of Wayne Alien for Christmas in a, a Christmas special anywhere. So I thought that was great. Uh, even the SNL song um, they had in there, uh, if you guys remember from that one sketch where it's like a cold opening where they're just, uh, I can't even think of what it's called now. But it's got Jimmy Fallon and uh, Tracy Morgan and um, uh, Horatio Sands in it. Anyway, it's great. So I was happy with it. I mean, I am a Rocket person, and he's my favorite. So I would just watch something if it was only Rocket. So I missed seeing uh, him in it more than he was. I do like Drax and Mantis. I get why they were the leads in this, but I didn't... That was probably my least favorite thing. I think they were great, but I don't love them as much. And so, um, you know, that's just me. I mean, this is everybody's favorite outer space Marvel scoundrels. And, of course, everyone's least favorite, Chris. But, (laughs) you know, he's hardly in this. This kind of feels like it was just made, like, in between breaks on Guardians of the Galaxy 3... I know that they're shooting it concurrently, but it definitely feels like, uh, you know, who's not really doing a whole lot in this movie? You know what? Why don't we just anchor this little spinoff using those characters while the rest are off doing other stuff? That's kind of charming, but you really don't get the Guardians of the Galaxy team adventure that you would normally expect out of something like this. And for some people, that may be a drawback. I can totally get that because uh, my, my my favorite member of the team has always been Gamora. But for reasons that are obvious from the previous movies, like, she ain't here for now. Honestly, I've really come to love Drax, especially Dave Batista's version, because as you just saw a moment ago, my autism was showing. And so that's a big reason. I kind of connect to that. But Mantis, I, I, I'm actually really glad of the job they've done with adapting Mantis, not just here, but even in the Guardians video game, because it's like, wow, they managed to really capture the essence of the character while ignoring some of the more really convoluted, fucked up parts of her history. She's delightful in this, and the actress is so fun in this. No, she, no, she is. She, she honestly is my favorite part, but my other favorite part was finally saying the true hero of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmo. <laughs> Fucking finally, Cosmo in a speaking role played by Maria ba- Bacalava. It's great to have Cosmo in because Cosmo is one of the OG Guardians. And before, she was really little more than an Easter egg in the first films. And now we know that she's part of the team working on Nowhere. 
as I said before, you've got a lot of characters, but a third of this is really just Drax and Mantis on Earth being fish out of water. They go to L.A. in search of Kevin Bacon, and like any fantasy sci-fi franchise does, eventually, if they go to modern-day Los Angeles, it's a way to save money on the production because they could just go to Hollywood and walk around. Yeah, that too. But I do also want to mention... How good Kevin Bacon is here. Like, he was fully game. He's a good sport about this whole thing. Yeah, he, he was fully game for this and never really took himself too seriously. And honestly, that performance he gives with the old 97s towards the end is like, ah, shit, this might go into my Christmas rotation now. That's pretty fucking good. And yeah, the soundtrack is amazing. Do you think that Kevin Bacon said, I'll do your special but you have to let me sing. You, I have to plug my band. <laughs> yeah. Plug my recording career. The Bacon Brothers, yeah. Hey, I personally would have let that happen. <laughs> I like that they're working in... I mean, you can now get into the whole Sebastian Shaw multiverse Izzy uh, <laughs> offspring or offshoot of him. But with Megan Thee Stallion and She-Hulk and Kevin Bacon working in the celebs to this universe as well, it grounds it. And we're talking about a space opera setting of the of the guardians but it's grounding it with we know kevin bacon while i enjoyed it i think one thing i don't think i'll this will be something i watch every year like the christmas stuff like if you catch rudolph once or something recent that's gonna go in my rotation is spirited which was amazing from will ferrell and ryan reynolds this I enjoy, but am I going to watch it every single Christmas? I don't think I will. It doesn't feel like a holiday classic. I agree with you on that. It's every bit as cynical a cash grab as any holiday special. Like I said, this is James Gunn kind of taking the piss out of the old Star Wars holiday special, which had animated sequences and celebrity guest stars and musical numbers. But he's got the advantage of having a much bigger budget and, you know, 40 plus years of knowledge of how to leverage in a franchise and its intellectual property. This actually comes off better than it has any right to. And it feels if I think this could be standalone. Mm -hmm. Somebody who hasn't watched anything with Guardians in it could watch this and they don't over explain, but they explain enough of why Peter's view of Christmas is a certain way, why he might be sad, what why they are where they are. And then we're off to the races. Actually, yeah, I agree with Neil. Like, this is a good, just, like, fun little entry point. Because it, this, for the few moments, like, Groot and uh, Rocket and everyone else are on, you still get their characters and their personalities and arcs through who they are. You absolutely get that. It's like, okay, I understand these people now. I'm going to just kind of pivot a little bit and, and just say that I've seen people say that this looked really cheap and that they didn't like it because it looked cheap. Uh, on Twitter, I saw that. And then I saw someone comment, well, it's just like someone to complain about the price of the Christmas gift instead of the intention that it was, <laughs> you know, meant in. And I thought, exactly. I don't, I it's didn't think it looked cheap. the thought that counts. Yeah. Plus, I, I didn't think it looked cheap. No, not at all. I thought it was, back to Marco's point, it's Gunn paying homage to those specials, yeah. but satiri satirizing them at the same time. So I thought, it, I think Gunn made it look that way on purpose. It was serving two purposes. If he wanted it to look a certain way, because the color, like when they're on Nowhere, the color's a little bit washed out. And when they get to L.A., 
it's brighter. And then when they return to nowhere where we have the big reveal, it's super bright. But if I felt that gun doesn't let little things like that slip through, I think it was totally intentional to be in the corniness of holiday specials. Totally. Oh, absolutely. And my son, we watched it with our 12 year old and he really liked it and said specifically because he doesn't like to watch the Rudolph or the Charlie Brown or anything that I liked when I was a kid. He doesn't want to watch those. But this, he said, he wants to watch every year. So I'm like, you know, who am I going to say no? I mean, who knows? Could be a new Christmas classic. Only time will tell. Why don't we start moving into our final thoughts? Jordan, kick us off, please. Uh, Yeah, I don't think this is like something I might rewatch every Christmas. Will see but i honestly did really enjoy this mantis and drax are great together and yeah sometimes and and yeah i know you you just put the two comedic like characters together and it's just like okay this can get grating if we don't have someone like a straight man to balance off of them but they do a really good job kevin bacon's hilarious the music's great and i and yeah the this is a parody, but also a love letter of like, yeah, these are stupid and corny, but that's kind of why we like them. It's enjoyable. It's wonderful. So I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 surprise John Cena cameos. I want Peacemaker versus Drax at WrestleMania, goddammit. <laughs> Sarah Jane? Um... Yeah, again, I I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I got to tell you, I'm from Los Angeles. And so uh, for some reason, I'm feeling real homesick lately. And maybe it's because it's Thanksgiving in the holiday time. But watching it them in uh, Los Angeles made me really even miss it more. So I need to take my son there so he can see it for the first time. This almost got me like emotionally like i was right on the edge but again because um i watched the fablemans or yeah the fablemans yesterday which also had me real emotional so i don't know what's going on but there's a point where they're handing out christmas gifts and and groots gifts to everyone else was like the sweetest thing and i thought first those are amazing and also oh my gosh and then so that almost made me cry anyway i digress um, I'm going to give this uh, 7.5 uh, Cosmo Doggy Biscuits. Neil? <clears throat> I had fun with it. I'll watch just about anything James Gunn. He could sit on set for a day. Okay, I'm going to watch it. He was involved. <laughs> he was involved with it somehow. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be like all the time, but hey, it's going to be on Disney Plus all the time. So if I get the uh, urge in July, I can watch this. I don't have to wait for the holiday rotation for it to come up. Uh, it's cool that Drax and Manus get up in front. It's a standalone, but also it does move the ball a little bit for them mm-hmm. story-wise. And speaking of those presents, one of those presents, there's some serious explaining that needs to go on in whatever's next. <laughs> I th- it's Nebula to Rocket's present. Like, WTF, <laughs> you have to explain that. Where are we going to get that? That was the most... That was the most meaningful gift of them all. Yeah, but there's a story to that, and what happens afterwards, I think, is very important. Um, I'm going to give this seven and a half supersized candy canes. That's not a man. (laughs) That's not a man. Most decidedly not. We've all said it. We've all had fun with it. Of the two specials they've issued so far, I still wildly prefer Werewolf by Night. 
but this is still fun. It's still standalone enough that you don't need to be worried about how it connects to everything, but it has a few little elements that maybe they will explore somewhere down the line. There's some great callbacks uh, to Infinity War. There's some fun in humor and obviously a, a gentle parody of Christmas specials of old and all their creakiness. But somehow James Gunn has the resources to make the ideal version of a big IP holiday special. And it, it comes off. Uh, it's still pretty lightweight, and I don't think I'm going to be watching it again. But I had fun with it for while it lasted. I'm going to give this 6.5 out of 10 recursive craglins. <laughs> Boy, who knew Groot was so talented? I mean, with the amount of muscles he has now, you kind of have to be. He started off as a twig, but now he's like a trunk. He's still a teen, too. He's in his awkward phase, is what I said earlier if trees had pimples he would have them right now <laughs> yeah but seriously james gunn you fucking talk to triple h and you give me fucking peacemaker versus Drax. i mean can, can you also although this isn't a spoiler i mean there is a tiny sort of allusion to john cena the actor not the character of peacemaker but there's also a batman reference in here and i'm like you go, James Gunn, <laughs> swinging your dick around, going, that's right, I got DC and Marvel in the bag, baby. If we're ever going to get that crossover, James Gunn is going to be the one in charge of it. Just please don't put Ezra Miller in it. Ugh. 